Welcome back, everybody. We got a great show lined up for you today. We are going to be talking about our week one waiver wire ads. That's right. These are guys that either should have been added at the very end of your fantasy football drafts or should potentially be stashed going into week one prior to a week one blow up, glow up, whatever they do. Um, These are some guys that we are pretty high on. Um, and I'm high on you, Alex. How are you doing today? What up? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, just hanging out, itching for the season to start. Cause I don't know. I haven't showered since the last football season ended, so I'm super itchy. I need to get that football <laughs> shower on. Uh, God, I, I love the NFL so much. College football just doesn't do it for me, and I I know that there were some games this past weekend that people were. Like, I just don't like college football. The NFL f- product is just so much better. And I cannot wait for the games to begin. So, like, we're finally done talking about draft stuff, right? Like, team people have their stuff. It's now time. We, we've talked about it. You can't lose your league. You can win your league in the draft. But the biggest and most important thing is picking up and dropping the right people timely um, so if you have any ad drop questions, fire them our way. Um, some of the people we're going to talk about should have been drafted. I would actually be surprised if you didn't draft them. Honestly, if they're they should already be sitting on your team, most of these guys, or at least I feel like they should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't don't be carrying two defenses. Try not to carry two quarterbacks until you get into buys. Try to, you know, have the least amount of fat on your roster as possible. And we'll make some suggestions on some of the people that you should be on the lookout for. We, we've kind of made our criteria basically anybody that's r- under rostered under 60% um, is kind of our cutoff for the for week one. A lot of times after week one, we generally drop it below 50% um, just because there's enough guys to talk about that are not rostered in 50% of leagues. Hey, be on the lookout for this. And, uh, you know, pretty much everybody, depending on your league, these should just be free ads drops uh, going forward. We'll have the free agent auction budget dollars attached to them and try to organize uh, waiver orders. Also, if you have not, you should, uh, you know, download our podcast. That would be fantastic. You should go look at our website, which is the fantasyfootballpsychos.com. You should go to our YouTube page and subscribe to our account. Over 350 people have subscribed to our content that's on there. Um, If you don't have time to listen to our full podcast, you know, YouTube is a great way to get the highlight clips that, that we will post. Uh, on a weekly basis going forward as far as our our top waiver ads of the week. So definitely follow us there. Um, Otherwise, you know, please shoot us questions on on your roster construction. We're more than happy to help out on pretty much every social platform you find us at the FF Sackos. So uh, without further ado, I think uh, let's get into this and uh, we can uh, talk about some week one waivers. Yeah, but before we do, our give back to you guys is 20% off at manscaped.com. Also free worldwide shipping. Support support for the fantasy football sackos is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right. Free shipping worldwide 20% off use code sackos let's roll the intro let's do it 
Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos Podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go! I know, hard pass on that. Don't like it. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Fantasy Football Sackos. Jason, Alex, back again. We got week one waivers. How cool is that? We're here. It's a week one waiver wire. My voice cracked. I'm ready to go. What, what just happened? My voice cracked. <clears throat> just hit puberty. We're a 14 year old. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> a 14 year old <laughs> yeah. with smooth family jewels. Thanks to Manscaped. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that was so bad. All right. Now, <clears throat> Alex, I'm going to, I think I'm going to let you sort of take this out here. So what we are going to be talking about today are, as you mentioned in our opener, um, players rostered in less than 60% of leagues that we think should be rostered on your team for the, for your benefit prior to their week one blow up or glow up. Um, now one guy, before we get too headlong into this, that is not or that is rostered in more than 60% of leagues, but we just want to make sure he's on your team is Marquez Callaway of the New Orleans yep. Saints. Tell me about Marquez. Yeah, I mean, absolutely blew up five catches over 100 yards, two touchdowns. The last start with Jameis uh, here uh, only rostered exactly in 70% of ESPN leagues uh, per their current roster numbers. Um, he's their number one wide receiver uh, going into the season. Michael Thomas is on pup for six weeks. And you just think back to all the the wide receivers that Sean Payton has, has had uh, that have kind of blown up. I mean, Marquise Colson comes to exam comes to mind where you know it's basically seventh round pick uh, and was a top ten wide receiver for seven years. Um, so they they have a history of taking some of these guys that you have not heard of before uh, and and blowing up. He's got the Packers week one who do not have a good secondary. Um, as you know, if anybody watched the uh, NFC title game, yeah, you can just picture Tom Brady throwing a bomb uh, at the end of the first half to kind of clinch that game against a just brutal uh, Packers secondary. Uh, Jameis is there. He's a chucker. Um, and if Marquez Callaway can run underneath the ball, he's probably going to score week one. So um, he's somebody that I'm starting without hesitation week one uh, if I have him on my roster. Yeah, I mean... When he played with Jameis, he was targeted five times, caught all five for 104 yards and two scores. With Michael Thomas out at least the first five games, you got to think that Callaway has a great chance to produce, I would say, at least wide receiver two levels for the first month of the season, if not better. So I... I'm really excited for Marquez Callaway. He's an end-of-the-bench stash for me in a ton of leagues. I got a ton of shares. He needs to be rostered on your roster and played. He's a great flex uh, for the first month. So especially that week one game, man, that's going to be a fun shootout to watch. Yep. Um, Moving on down the list, though, as we get to guys rostered in less than 60% of leagues, I think somebody I want to start with is Jacoby Myers. 
Can you tell me what you're looking for out of Jacoby Myers? Um, they do play Miami Sunday in the after, as the late game or the, the late afternoon game. Yeah, so he was basically their, their best wide receiver last year. Uh, currently rostered in 56, 57% of leagues. Um, I, I don't remember what I was listening to. I think it might have been Bill Simmons' podcast. Uh, and he said that he thought that Jacoby Myers led the league last year in eye rolls um, after he was either underthrown or, or overthrown by Cam <laughs> last year, which which was just a hilarious illustration uh, for what we're doing uh, for fantasy analysis. Mac Jones is the starter there. He's competent. I don't think he's great. I, I'm not personally a Mac Jones fan. I, I think he'll be more than suitable um, and I, I think that he helps Jacoby Myers uh, quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a guy that this all comes down to. We're trying to make sure that you're aware of guys. Of If you don't like somebody on your roster, these are potential options to pick up. Um, and I think Jacoby Myers, even with the weapons that they've added with the Johnu Smiths and the Hunter Henrys of the world and um, just he will still be more than suitable uh, on the outside. Jacoby Myers, I don't think his targets diminish all that much. Um, keep in mind, he finished last year, last three weeks, targets of 10, 6, and 7. Um, I would expect those levels to remain the same. So that that puts him right in, what, the 120 target range for the year. Um, so I, I think that'll be more than suitable. Uh, currently rostered 57.57% uh, of leagues, um, and I, I think it should be more than that. Yeah, 100 percent. A guy that does not have any touchdowns. He has yet to score a touchdown in two seasons. Uh, I like him, obviously, I think more in PPR than non-PPR leagues, but I don't think he gets in the I would be surprised if he got into the end zone week one against Miami. That's a really good backfield. Um but I do like him to lead the Patriots in targets and catches and yards this season. Uh, I think he's an extreme value. Basically, every number one wide receiver on every offense should be rostered in every league, regardless of whether or not you know their name or they're a superstar or a Jacoby Myers. Un 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 unless they're Marquise Brown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not I, I'm I'm not worried about Nelson Aguilar being there. I'm not worried about Kendrick Bourne being there. No, um, I, I I think Jacoby Myers is is their legit number one. And again, to your point, rough first week matchup against Miami. Um, but after that, it should be pretty smooth sailing uh, for a little bit for Jacoby Myers. Um, but I think that. He has a potential to be one of, if not the best values uh, of the draft um, this season. So I am really excited. I have Jacoby Myers in a, in a lot of leagues stashed at the end of my bench. So, yeah, their their schedule after week one is at the Jets, New Orleans, Tampa Bay's rough week four. But then listen to this at Houston, Dallas, Jets and Chargers. Um, that's, that's oh a God. pretty good, pretty good first eight, eight weeks. So yeah, you have to get through Miami and you have to get through Tampa Bay. Um, but those other six games for the first eight weeks are pretty solid. They're ridiculous. Jacoby Myers is going to be winning people weeks. All right. 
Is there uh, anybody after Jacoby that is really, you know, catching your eye? Is is Darnell Mooney popping out at you? So next up, Darnell Mooney rostered in 56% of leagues. He's been one of the trendier sort of stashes. A lot of people are hopeful for a year two breakout um, now that you have uh, Anthony Miller elsewhere. Uh, do you think Mooney is could be a thing? Maybe not week one against the Rams. Um, I I just don't like anything on the Bears offense that first week uh, against what I consider to be one of the best uh, best defenses in the NFL and Blandy Dalton, uh, the the quarterback week one. Um, after that, I think he'll be okay. Um, he to me reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson, where they're going to take a couple shots a game to him with the deep ball. And if he catches one or two of them or scores a touchdown, then it's a great start. And you have to figure out the weeks that he's going to catch that deep ball touchdown. Um, so it's a dart throw. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a consistent, um, consistent point scorer. But if you are looking, f- if you for some reason came out of the draft without a, without two good wide receivers and need to take a shot with somebody, He's a guy that could score you a lot of points in one play. You know what I think is more realistic? Uh, I think Darnell Mooney probably puts up a dud week one against the Rams, gets Mm -hmm. dropped in a lot of leagues, is rostered in less than 50% of leagues, and then eventually blows up, especially after Justin Fields enters the chat and has anything to say about it. Um, I'm really excited for what Darnell Mooney's going to be able to do with Anthony Miller out of the way. He did <clears throat> he did finish um with at least 15 uh points per reception points in two out of his three final games. So I'm just hoping with no more Anthony Miller, a little bit of Justin Fields sprinkled on top, Darnell Mooney has a nice season. And and it's reasonable, right? I mean, he had 98 targets last year with Anthony Miller around um, with Trubisky throwing the ball um, and Nick Foles throwing the ball. So having a slightly more competent quarterback um, makes sense that he would be more productive. Um, so, yeah, I, I think him being rostered in 56% of leagues is just, you know, too low. Um but to your point, it'll probably go lower before it goes higher just because of the week one matchup. Yep. Uh, moving on down the uh, rostered percentage, Justin Fields rostered in 50% of leagues. That's pretty surprising. I'm surprised it's that high, aren't you? Yeah, that should not happen. <laughs> like, unless you're in a two quarterback league, there's no point in having him rostered in over 50% in 50% of leagues. He's rostered in more leagues than Tua is, and Tua is actually playing, and he's rostered in more leagues than Roethlisberger and Trey Lance, who are starting week one, or at least I, everybody thinks Trey Lance is starting week one. Jameis is 26% rostered. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand. Zach Wilson is rostered in 15% of leagues. Derek Carr is 13. Wentz is only 7, but Justin Fields is over 50%. And he's not playing. It's just strange to me. Yeah, that's not great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, Justin Fields could be really good. It's just, I think you probably have to sit around and hold him on your bench a lot longer than you want to to 
to be the one that has him rostered because I don't think he's going to play for a little while, maybe even a month, if not longer. But uh, moving on down, who's the next player that pops out at you based on roster percentage? Um, I'm actually surprised that Ramondre Stevenson isn't rostered in a a little bit more. Um, It's 17% of rosters. Um, Oh, you are down there. I I am. I'm just kind of... we're. I think it's going to be fun to kind of jump around here a little bit. Um, by the way, if you did, if you've not seen the jump around video from Wisconsin uh, of college students pent up frustration of not being able to jump around for a year and a half, uh, just wonderful video of the weekend. Um, so I, I'm surprised Ramondre Stevenson's not rostered uh, in a little bit more um, big dude um, who potentially might be taking goal line carries away from uh, from Damian. Um, so I, I think that he's somebody that we'll be talking later in the season about, um, and depending on your roster, uh, like they, they took him in the fourth round, uh, of the draft. They got rid of Sony Michelle because they were clearly comfortable with him, um, as the backup there. Um, yes, James White's still going to be the receiving back, but, um, I just would not be surprised to see him like carve out a niche role in this offense just because they're the Patriots. Well, I think he's definitely the number two to Damian Harris is number one in terms of uh, handling running down work. I don't think it's going to be James White at all. And I don't think you do either. Um, so he will definitely have usage. And if anything were to happen to Damian Harris, I think he would be the next guy up. Um, the guy is a gifted runner. Uh, he had a 91 yard touchdown um against the Washington football team in the preseason yes it's preseason football but still i mean the guy was able to amass almost 1200 rushing yards through two seasons at Oklahoma averaging more than 7 yards per attempt while uh, and 13 scores so granted he only had 165 attempts but if you go to Oklahoma you know there's there's some good running backs to come out of there. So you kind of got to wait your turn and play a partial role if that, if that's what you're relegated to. Um New England did secure him in the in the 4th round of April's draft. So he's 6 feet tall, 225 pounds. He's a big dude. I just think that uh that he's going to be able to produce if given the role. So I I'm, I'm looking for things out of Ramondre uh hopefully uh, however, Damian Harris stays healthy, but if he doesn't, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be a name. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I jumped way down on the list there. Um, are you surprised that Evan Ingram is only forty eight percent owned? Evan Ingram cannot catch a football. That's true. Um, also, he's on the New York Jets, who suck, and Daniel Jones sucks, and their offensive line sucks, but. Evan Ingram had over 100 targets last year. I know that Kenny Galladay um, is now there and is going to eat at least some of those targets up. Um, but are, are you you're not uh, you're not surprised it's not over 50 percent? No, I mean it's a long shot to play against the Broncos, so I don't I don't think so. No, I mean okay. I just think he sucks. I think he's let everybody down and it took so much preseason offseason hype every year, year after year, but he's just let so many people down for the last, I don't know, five years that people are finally just threw up their hands. 
Yeah, I, I'm not blaming people for not for not drafting him. I just wouldn't be surprised to see him have some good weeks sprinkled in. Huh. So, so, so I keep your mind, your eye on. I would not roster him, especially if he's not going to going to play week one. But somebody to pay attention to um, going down the line here, especially if you're rough at the tight end spot. I think you do a lot worse than potentially plugging and playing Evan Ingram. Yeah. Um. Somebody else that I think could have a nice week one is uh, Paris Campbell. Um, the Indianapolis Colts are playing Seattle at home. It's a noon game Sunday. Uh, Car- the Colts' Carson Wentz, that's a mouthful, um, is optimistic that he's going to be able to go week one. With T.Y. out for several weeks because of that uh, disc injury in his neck, I really think that somebody's going to have the opportunity to step up. While Michael Pittman's been drafted a lot of places, Paris Campbell, I think, is sitting out of there. He's only rostered in 38% of leagues. He could be a guy to watch that might uh, might have a nice week one. So, And T.Y. actually has the IR designation. So he, he going to be a while. It's true. Yeah. Um, again, if you have not, if, if you have any roster flexibility, these are guys we would be targeting. Um, be be looking on the lookout for matchups week one. Um, there's a lot of good offenses playing good defenses. So like as an example, the Cowboys are going to struggle week one. Like I would just be surprised if they don't struggle against the Bucks offense. Um, and so you're just going to by default, see people give up on players early. So be on the, on the lookout for some of those things. The bills play the Steelers. That's, that's another, uh, good offense versus good defense. Um, Patriots and dolphins dolphins are going to shut down the Patriots and you'll see Patriots people fall. So the, the biggest thing again is looking at especially after week one, but maybe even looking at week one saying, Hey, I'm going to take the long play here and taking, take a chance on somebody that's playing a bad defense week one um, and roster them with the hope they blow up so that you can trade them and then go after somebody that, so as an example, um, the, like the Packers and saints, like just go pick up a random saints wide receiver and hope that, that they go off. Because it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising for Jameis to throw for like 350 yards against a bad Packers secondary. And it's not Callaway that's doing the catch in. It's Traquan Smith or somebody like that where <laughs> where he could blow up and then you just trade him for somebody that you're high on for the rest of the year. Um, do, do you have anybody else like that that you could think of, Jason, that that maybe is in like a like a Jets versus Panthers game where it's two not very good defenses and you wouldn't be surprised to see it be high scoring. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're looking for a matchup like that, the one that I'm kind of eyeing is uh, Atlanta against Philly at home. Mm. That's kind of two mediocre defensive squads. Uh, especially, especially on the Atlanta side of things. But uh, if you're looking for a plug and play for whatever reason, I don't, I guess I can't really think of why you would need to plug and play week one. Uh, but if you're looking for a bench stash anyway, I really like Russell Gage 
as a week one bench yeah. stash uh, at home against Philly. I think he could have a very nice game. Um, the Atlanta Falcons were fourth in pass attempts last season. They're going to chuck the ball. Julio Jones is Julio Jones is gone. Yes, I understand that they have a new coaching staff. Uh, their coach being the former offensive coordinator for the Titans, and you would think it's going to be more run heavy. I don't know. Maybe they get down. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons do not have a fantastic defense by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe they get down. Maybe they have to pass. Enter Russell Gage, the new number two wide receiver on what has historically been a pass heavy team. They do have Matt Ryan throwing the ball. Mike Davis could have a very nice game. I hope he does. Uh, He's been somebody that we've sort of pegged as a sleeper this year, but um, Russell Gage, I think is a nice bench dash there. Also, The opposite side of that same matchup, Devonta Smith. What does that debut look like? What does uh, Jalen Hurts look like this year? Is he able to get Devonta Smith the ball? So that that would be one of those matchups. Okay. Uh, This is kind of weird, but who who do you think the worst team, who do you think the worst offense is going to be in the NFL this year? The Houston Texans. Okay. They played the, the Cleveland Browns in week two. Um, week two correct so as an example the browns play kansas city this week where you are not going to be starting the browns defense but you could pick them up put them on your bench for week two not have to use a waiver spot or any fab on them next week and then you're locking in the browns uh home against houston in week two oh that's Um, delicious yeah, it is. it is delicious, but what's not delicious is the Browns against Kansas City week one. Um, so currently the Browns are rostered in 64% of leagues. That's too many. Um, it probably is too many because of, of them playing Kansas City, but just something to be aware of there. They have uh, Houston uh, in week two. Um, so maybe it's something to keep your eye on where if you have the roster flexibility, go roster them so you can absolutely destroy somebody with a defense the following week. (laughs) I like, I like the, uh, the thought there. That's, uh, that's a pro move is, uh, stashing an extra defense on your team. So that way you don't have to burn fab to pick them up the next week. If you are stuck streaming, which... I am year after year after year. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you're going to be doing it like week three, week four, week five, like you might as well start early and try to get the advantage now um, of trying to look forward and and lock those defenses in. So the Browns Browns would be one of them. Um, Somebody that has seen their ownership spike um, is Tyrell Williams for the Detroit Lions. He's, I think, basically amounts to their number one wide receiver. Uh, do you think that he could potentially have a little bit of a breakout considering there is basically nobody else there? He's rostering in about 33% of leagues. I mean, unless a Monroe St. Brown blows up as well, I'm just, which I don't know. I'd be a little surprised for a rookie to do it out of the gate, but... Do you think Tyrell Williams might be a, a decent speculative ad? They do have San Francisco at home, though. Yeah. And I mean, you think about Tyrell Williams, he's been somebody that has kind of been hidden for a couple of years. Um, 
if you're like if you're trying to rack your brain and being like who is that guy um he uh was with the chargers uh back in 2015 and kind of came on he was wide receiver 18 uh, in 2016 um for for the chargers and then kind of went away for a while i, I believe he was a raider for the last couple of years he signed a contract with them um, he's coming off of a torn, torn labrum. And now all of a sudden he's like the only guy that, that the Lions have besides, besides Hawkinson. Um, yeah. Rostered in only 34% of leagues. Um, they have nobody else. And if you think that Jared Goff is a competent NFL quarterback, which I mean, I think he's competent. I don't think he's great, but he's been able to get Robert Woods and Cooper cup the ball the last couple of years. There's no reason to doubt that he would get Tyrell Williams the ball, right? Yeah, I agree. And so Tyrell Williams would be like the Robert Woods comp, right? He's going to play on the outside just like Woods does. Uh, so far in the preseason, they've had a Monra St. Brown lined up in the slot as sort of the Cooper Cup big guy slot receiver role. So maybe a Monra St. Brown might be the one that you want considering how Goff leaned on Cup back in the day. Um, either way, it'll be interesting to see if if either one of those two guys pops a little bit. Uh, I don't think anybody. I think that that offense and that team though is going to take like multiple pops, multiple weeks <laughs> in a row for anybody to actually like kick the tires on adding them or like ranking them higher than a flex or just being absolutely sure. desperate enough to put them in the lineup, but. Um, either way, I think that those are two good names to keep your eyes on. Um, Alexander Madison is a guy I want to ask you about. He's rostered in about a third of all fantasy leagues. Were you expecting that to be higher as the backup to like a top two running back pick? No, actually. And here's why, like even when, um, or if, if, and when, uh, Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Madison's never shown himself to like be great well, or like better than average. Um, so last year I've been the biggest proponent, right? Of Dalvin, it's not a matter of of if Dalvin Kirk, Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. It's a matter of when. But even when he gets hurt, I just don't. I don't really care. I, I don't want his backup. Like Mike is Mike Boone still there? Um, <laughs> I I just don't think that Alexander Madison is worth rostering at this point. Uh, sorry, Mike Boone is with Denver, um, so I I just don't think that um, that anybody is is worth backing up for the Vikings just because I I don't. I don't I don't want them because if, if he's if Dalvin Cook isn't playing, then they're going to figure out ways to throw the ball to Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I, I just don't think I think they change their entire offense once Dalvin goes out. Yeah, I. Uh, I guess my next question to you would then be, how do you feel about Tony Pollard, who's rostered in about 40 percent of leagues? Same way. Um, here's why he's at least a little bit different. Um, is because they put him on the field more. They they gave Zeke more breaks last year than the Vikings did Cook. 
Um, and he showed himself to have like almost individual value even when Zeke was playing. Yeah. Um, so that, so that, that does not surprise me. Um, do you think it should be where, higher than 40%? No, I, I think that's, I think that's right. Right. About correct. Um, where he's not going to get any goal line carries. He might get a couple catches. Um, and if, if they're way ahead in games, then I would not be surprised to see him get more carries as they're trying to milk clocks out. Um, milking clocks. Three, what are we milking? What's that? We're milking what? Yeah, the, milk the clock. Oh, okay. Bleed, bleed the clock. Right. And, and gotcha. the game. So he, he had three games with over 10 carries last year. Um, but he was doing a lot with those carries. I mean, he, he was averaging 4.3 yards, yards per tote. Um, he only played more than 47% of their snaps once last year or more than 47% of their snaps. So I, I just don't, I, I think rostering backups personally is just a waste of time. Okay. All right. Um, all right, well, let's move away from backups. And if, if that's, tell me how you really feel. Okay. But, but Alex, but Alex, no, it, Zeke, Zeke didn't, Zeke is going to get hurt. And, and Tony Pollard was able to play by himself last year. Tony Pollard should be rostered everywhere. Uh, that's fine. And once Zeke goes out, then you can use your fab and get him. There you go. If you're not on a fab budget league, you need to be. Like, that's it. Do not do waiver <laughs> order. That's, yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah. All Ooh. right. But let's move away from backups. Next up, I want to talk a little bit about Brian Edwards and that Raiders offense. So John Brown requested to be cut and was. Um, and so that really just leaves Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards left picking up the pieces. Now Ruggs is rostering about 80% of leagues. So he has been anointed as the receiver to roster by the fantasy gods. And meanwhile, Brian Edwards is rostered in about 13% of leagues. So he's basically left for dead free available on a waiver wire near you. Um, I think that he is a fantastic speculative ad. Um, rugs, I mean, if you guys know anything about anything about the Raiders, it's that they usually always draft for speed. Now, that's that's what Ruggs is. He's the he's the burner. Try to go deep on you, get one by. But I actually like Brian Edwards as more of like the possession receiver and sort of that more polished route runner. Um, the thing is, is like schedule the schedule's pretty crappy for the Raiders is yeah. out of the gate they got the Ravens and then the Steelers and then the Dolphins so it's just it's just not great um but I think Brian Edwards would make would make a decent ad uh at least if until they figure out who the receiver is there yeah I mean anytime you can get one of the top two wide receivers on a team I think it's more than okay to, to speculatively add them. Um, 
He's six three. Um, he's tall enough. I, I personally think that the Raiders' offense is going to be more than passable. I mean, I, I don't see why they would take a step back. They have the exact same system in place. Uh, Derek Carr is more than okay, right? I mean, I, I don't know what I missed. Obviously, you're going to want uh, the Walrus in that offense, but Derek Carr's thrown for over 4,000 yards each of the last four years. Um, that's something that a Chicago Bears quarterback has never done. And right. so, like, you, we're, we're talking about Darnell Mooney being an ad and rostering in 50% of leagues versus Brian Edwards, who's only rostered in, you know, less than 15% of leagues. And they have a quarterback who's going to throw for more yards. Probably. So why would you not prefer Edwards to Mooney in, in that situation just based on, like, logical... Hey, one team's going to throw for more yards. Wouldn't you want the second wide receiver on a team that's going to throw for more yards than the other team? Probably. Probably. All right. Before we uh, move on to more of these uh, sleeper bench ads for for the waivers week one, let's talk about Manscaped. Support for the Fantasy Football Sackos is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's right. You Sackos get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Sackos, S-A-C-K-O-S at manscaped.com that is code sackos at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping alex they sent us a couple lawnmowers tell me what you thought tell me what you thought of your experience yeah it was simply wonderful uh they also sent us a pair of boxers too uh which are greatest things ever invented those freaking boxers man seriously they were super they were super comfortable. They were um, incredible. Yeah. So just uh, just throwing that in there as well. Um, yeah. Loved everything about it. Uh, held a, a great charge because you could just uh, do it. You could charge it wirelessly. It has a nice little stand for you. Things waterproof. You can pretty much use it anywhere. Has a travel lock. So uh, it won't uh, lose battery uh, if it's riding in a bag. I'd also uh, invite you to check out what else they have on their website. Again, that's manscaped.com because they they have some like aftershave stuff and, um, you know, just some some different things that um, kind of are are wonderful, uh, whether it's a travel bag or, um, you know, just things to make you smell better um, and 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 take take care of yourself. Um, it's kind of a neglected area and it's like, uh, you know, the most important area of your body. So, um, yeah, check out manscaped.com promo code Sackos S A C K O S, uh, apply that promo code to check out 20% off your order, uh, and free shipping worldwide. (laughs) All right. That does it for that. Let's get back into this. Shall we? Um, who else is catching your eye now as far as end of the bench stashes go? Are any of these quarterbacks looking appealing to you? I know we 
we've talked a Jam- little bit about Jameis. Yeah, J- J- Jameis is the only guy um, that that I would speculatively add. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't be surprised to see him use his legs uh, against Houston and probably score a rushing touchdown in that game. Um, so I, I actually wouldn't mind starting him in a in a good matchup there. Um, again, you're probably not doing that or have to do that, um, but considering he's, uh, I guess he's rostered in 75% of leagues, but he's somebody, if you have him, I would actually start him. Um, so yeah, from, from a quarterback perspective, honestly, not really. Um, why I do have a, a question for you on, on Zach Ertz. Uh, he's currently rostered in 25% of leagues. Um, he had just this precipitous fall from grace last year Yeah, where we, we had him like locked in his tight end three. Uh, he's not going to be any worse than tight end five. And he finished the last season as tight end 32. Um, that's brutal. And he's, he's not rostered this year. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on Zach Ertz? I mean, I, he's going to have targets like when, when he played last year, his targets were seven, seven, 10, five, six, 10, four, three, seven, seven, and six. You do a lot worse than that. Don't count Zach Ertz out. He said he wants to put all of the beef behind him. And when I say don't count him out, I I don't mean, I'm not saying that just because of whatever the history It's It's, For this reason and this reason alone, the Philadelphia Eagles led all NFL teams in targets to the tight end position last season with 169. Nice. Zach Ertz actually out-targeted Dallas Goddard 72 to 65 on the year. So, yes, you know, Goddard came into his own. Ertz was perpetually injured, blah, blah, blah. People are drafting Goddard like Zach Ertz is not on the team anymore. And that's not the case. Right. Now, um, obviously, it'd be, I think, better for everybody from a fantasy perspective if he was somewhere else. But the fact remains, he is there. However, the Eagles, again, did lead all NFL teams in targets to the tight end position by a wide margin. I mean, the second closest team that I can see is the Dolphins with 136. Actually, here's the Broncos at 148. So there you go. Um, so tw- 20 more, to w- at least one and more a game uh, target to the tight end spot. Yeah. I mean, if you got Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, then maybe that's why that happens. Yep. But I'm just saying there's a lot of targets going there on that offense. Yes, they did add Devonta Smith. So, you know, there is that. Um, but I don't really see that offense changing a whole lot with the ad of Devonta Smith. Anyways, he is still a, a rookie wide receiver. So I would say be mindful of Zach Ertz. I don't know if I would draft him. I would probably still leave him unless I was real desperate and just missed on everybody. Yep. Yeah. Cu- a couple more tight end people. I just wanted to bring up real quick. Um, so Blake Jarwin uh, is is owned in nine point seven percent of leagues. Um, I think he's a rough week one start. Uh, I don't think you need to add him um, against Tampa Bay, uh, but I would not be surprised to see him 
uh, be the starting uh, tight end this year. Um, so definitely something to be weary of on Thursday when watching that game. Um, Jimmy Graham was tight end 10 last year. He had eight touchdowns. Um, he uh, is currently owned in 1.4% of leagues and his replacement or what everybody thinks is his replacement is Cole Komet, who's owned in 21% of leagues. Um, yeah. Do you have any desire to to talk about Cole Komet at all? Uh, I mean, the Bears did favor tight ends last season, throwing 135 passes their way. Jimmy Graham obviously owned that split 76 to 44 because of it, or just because of Cole Komet being a rookie. Um, do I think that this is Cole Komet season? I I don't know. I'm not confident enough to pick him up or stash him. I'm going to leave him. Nope. Honestly, I, I'm going to make him prove it to me before I waste a, a bench spot on him. Because I think really that's what it would be. He would be your second tight end. Nobody's, well, nobody should draft Cole Komet. Hopefully that 17% or whatever you mentioned is just a bunch of Homer Bears fans. Maybe so. Uh, last, sorry, a lot of tight ends here. Gerald Everett uh, went to Seattle from the Rams. Uh, their new offensive coordinator uh, for the Seahawks was a former Rams coach who, you know, obviously coached Gerald Everett. Um, he's also somebody that would not be surprised to see score a touchdown um, early in the season and be added a bunch of places. Only ended only uh, owned in nine percent of leagues. Yeah, I think uh, I think Gerald Everett is a a good player. Um, it's interesting. So. He's in Seattle as their starting tight end with Russell Wilson. Yep. Russell Wilson threw 20% of his red zone passes last year and 25% in his career to the tight end spot. So you're telling me there's a chance for a touchdown. I'm telling you basically what you just surmised uh, the, the data supports. So right. if he's able to do that with Gerald Everett, I, granted, sure, I think Will Disley's still there, but I still think that that could potentially make Gerald Everett a nice sleeper tight end. Yeah. But nice, nice little diamond in the rough here. I'll tell you what, one of my little diamonds in the rough. I like Tyce, Tyson Williams. So Justice Hill is TKO'd out for the season. You got Tyson Williams currently rostered at about 18%. The guy's got a and little if, if shimmy. You're, if you're searching for Tyson, it's T-Y apostrophe S-O-N. Is it Tyson or is it Tyson? Like, I don't know. With the Is it son? No, I don't, I don't know. No uh, idea. I like to think it is. Um, but they are playing at Las Vegas on Monday night. Like That's going to be delicious. That's going to be a delicious matchup, I think, for the Baltimore offense. Um. Yeah, if 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 Tyson Williams takes over what Gus Edwards was doing for J.K. Dobbins, then he should be rostered, right? I mean, he's currently rostered in seventeen percent of or eight, just under eighteen percent of leagues. Um, if if he's going to have a thirty percent uh, snap share, then he should be rostered on the highest rushing offense in the football. You lose two running backs for the season. You have to sign somebody. They're going to maybe. It's going to be a name. That they're going to sign or trade for somebody. My question to you is, do, does who they sign or trade for 
hurt Tyson Williams's value. Say it's Love Bell who they can go sign. He's walking around the street clothes. Uh, sure, but they haven't done it yet. I also don't think it's going to happen before week one, especially for vested NFL players, because then I believe their salaries are guaranteed. Um, oh. So a lot of teams will actually wait until after week one to add the veteran uh, because Smart. then they can then they can add or drop or, you know, cut them um, and, and not be on the hook for their salary. Um, so I think you'll find out more after week one, specifically when it comes to their backfield, when they sign somebody would, would be my guess that they'll do it after week one, just for the way that the cap works. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't surprise me. Maybe even if they just had like a receiver or somebody else that they could sign even just to a minimum contract. Right. Um, until such time when you'd have to pay Lev Bell a little bit of money to come on board. Yeah. Good All right, call. Jason, any, any, anybody else from uh, chances are most of these guys are not addable uh, for your team, especially if you've been listening to us uh, during the off season, you probably don't have a lot of room, um, but just people to put on our radars. Um, just a- anybody else. Anybody else, anybody else out there? I mean, the deepest of deep there's, I have two guys, the deepest okay. of deep, deep throws, dart throws deep one, Alan Lazard. Historically speaking, the number two receiver in an Aaron Rodgers led offense has finished as a top 24 wide receiver. Last season, that was Alan Lazard until he got hurt. He had core muscle surgery. He missed the vast majority of the season and then came back and still produced. But now he's healthy. So I'm just saying maybe there is a little bit of, little bit of juice in the tank for Alan Lazard. He's only been in the, se- in the league for a few years now. Uh, he's a very gifted player, uh, highly recruited out of Iowa State. Um, I, I like the guy. I think he can play. Maybe that's a little bit of homery for me uh, n- as an Iowa Stater, not a Packer fan. Um, don't get me wrong, but I just think that he is going to have some nice weeks. They play at the Saints in week one, which is not actually in New Orleans. So I just I, I think that he could potentially do something. I would watch out there. Number two. Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater. I think he has a wonderful game against the Giants uh, Sunday afternoon in the late game. Uh, there's just so many freaking weapons on that offense. Um, so if you are, for whatever reason, in a, hurting for a quarterback or super flex league or something, and you need somebody, get, go get you a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting. I don't mind it. Um, also, I mean, the Packers will be really interesting because they also have Marquez Valdez Scantling and they just got Randall Cobb back too. Yeah. Um, trying, trying to keep Rogers happy. Um, so it'll be, I think that who shows up on a, on a random week will just kind of, depend. it'll just be random because he throws the ball around. I can't, and it's not even just this offense, but it's really every offense, you know, there's so much coach speak about roles and things, but the one thing that does not lie is snap share. Who's actually yeah. on the dang field 
getting the snaps yep. and the reps with with the ones during game time when it matters. So I'm interested to see how many snaps of those receivers play for the Packers. Yeah. Uh, last thing for me, as we kind of head home uh, on our week one waiver episode, um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a kicker. Um, Tower Bass is only owned in 68% of leagues. Um, and here's why I like him. They're on an offense that will move the ball, but might not score touchdowns against a good defense. So um, Pittsburgh at home, um, where they'll, they'll move the ball, they'll get in a scoring position, and they might stall. Um, I would expect field goals from him this week. I know that sounds weird, um, but if he's available, um, I would be surprised if there's a better option this week uh, from the kicker spot. There you go. One other guy, we've already talked about backup running backs, but I just have to ask because you are a 2020 Christian McCaffrey roster manager person i am chuba sad, hubbard said you're in my life yeah chuba hubbard rostered in 14 percent of leagues you leave him there probably um just because i think you have better options um at this point i think if and when mccaffrey gets hurt then you should spend all of your fab on him um and spend your waiver number one waiver spot if you have waivers on him. Maybe that justifies picking him up. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I don't have space on any of my rosters because I like other players better. All right. And then final, final. Mark Ingram is there. He's looking like probably the number one running back for the Houston Texans. Rostered in a whopping 11% of leagues. He's a starting running back, I think. Sitting on the free agency wire in 90% of leagues. Should the starting running back of the NFL team be rostered? So they have David Johnson and Philip Lindsay as well. Um, nobody knows what that offense is going to look like. Um, if you have somebody who's hurt and you can move them to an IR spot, sure, this is a fine spectacle of that. Uh, trying to hit a home run week one. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> it's, it's probably not a good thing that um, he, uh, in their last preseason game, preseason game had 11 carries and 44 yards. Um, Four yards a clip. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I guess I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe they were playing their starters. Um, but my guess is, is that he's their backup. Um but as a speculative ad, you could do a whole lot worse than a, a proven um, a proven running back like Mark Ingram. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do want to ask you one final question. Now, this is my third final final. Uh, <laughs> did you know Tariq Cohn was on the pup list? I did. Or he was added there after we talked uh, on the pod. It was the last week about it, about being added. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be out the first uh first six weeks i believe because they have not taken him off no well, what do you think that does for monty i think it only helps montgomery right yeah would you draft Tariq cohen then no i don't think you have to okay unless uh, if you have a waiver uh, sorry if you have a an IR, uh, slot. an ir slot then take him in the last round stash him there and then add somebody after the draft um i do think that that, that is more than a valid strategy um until somebody else 
that you think has more value gets hurt and then you drop Tariq Cohen to use that spot. Um, but I, I think that that's a fine strategy. Otherwise, if you do not have that option, I would not touch him. There you go. Well, I think that does it for me, Alex. Is there anybody else? Anything else you want to add? No. Uh, again, go check us out on the YouTubes, uh, the Fantasy Football Sack, as you can find us three over 350 subscribers. We love your faces. Um, you know, shoot us any questions you have. Uh, otherwise, uh, football season is here. Uh, we'll be back every week with waiver wire ads. Uh, talking about injuries, people you should be aware of trying to look at as much snap percentage stuff as possible for any uh, toss up guys. Um, just looking forward to starting the season, man. So excited. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please go to manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping worldwide with code SACOS. That is code SACOS, S-A-C-K-O-S. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. You guys are great. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.